Welcome to the CL Talks podcast. Each week, we sit down with different guests who provide unique and insightful perspectives on various topics. Let's dive right into this week's episode of CL Talks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another CL Talks. And we are talking, Pastor Cam and I are talking, and I hope you're talking about it. We're talking about how to wage successful spiritual warfare. Yes, successful sir. spiritual warfare. So important to know that because we are living in a day and a time that as we read the Word of God last time, that the devil is doing everything he can to hinder us, to oppose us, yeah. to stop us. Uh, everything that you see in the natural realm is manifesting from the spiritual realm. Right. The Bible says in John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. destroy. But I have come that you might have life. life. Everything that has to do with life has to do with Jesus, has to do with the Spirit of the living God, has to do with our Heavenly Father. Everything that has to do, three areas, stealing, killing, and destroying comes from our enemy, comes from the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness. And we found that out because our springboard scripture is over in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, beginning with verse 10. And it tells us to be strong in the Lord. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That is the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Be strong in the Lord also means this. Be strong in the Word of God because the Word is God and, and, and you have to know and have your mind renewed and know God's Word to be able to wage successful warfare. Can you say amen? Amen. And to, 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 uh, tonight I want to start out with reading from 1 John the 5th chapter. Verses 1 through 5. And tonight, if we had a title, it would be this. Positioned to win. Mm -hmm. In warfare, you must understand that those who have the high ground have an advantage. So you position yourself to win, but you have already been positioned by God in the high ground, in the <laughs> heavenly places, to be able to win every single battle, and to have successful victory that's already been given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Amen. And everyone who loves Him, who begot also loves Him, who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God. Notice that in context with this, it is loving, loving one another, not attacking one another, not bringing discord. Do you know one of the things that God hates is the people who sow discord among the brethren? So you better be very careful how you post things on Facebook yeah. because if it brings discord, guess what? Then that's Something where God, God is really upset over that. Everything we post should be talking about the love of God, should be talking about the unity of God, should be talking about the answers That's through right. the Word of God and not the answers through human wisdom, okay? So, he says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we, when we love God and keep His commandments. Amen. Something, Pastor Cam, so vitally important, let me just hit this before we move on, to keep His commandments. For us to wage 
successful spiritual warfare, we must be obedient. Yes. Obedient to God's word. Yeah. To be obedient to God means to be obedient to his word. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm in disobedience, the devil's going to beat me to pieces. Yep. I'm not going to win anything yeah. at all until I repent and ask God to forgive me. That's right. And there is no such thing as partial obedience. Mm -hmm. Some people think, well, I'm obedient in this part of my life, but okay, but I'm under the grace of God on this side and I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. You know, no, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as partial obedience. That's like having a partial heart for God. That's right. You have is is that you worship God and you serve him with your whole heart, with your whole heart, full heart, 100%, full obedience, okay? Yeah. And so it says, for his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever, now watch this, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Come on. Overcomes the world. So, it, and it doesn't mean that it happens instantly, but if I'm born of God, I have now the power, the ability, the word, everything that God has given me, his armor, to be able to overcome any situation that I face. <laughs> for, for whoever, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory. Not getting it, already have it. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Praise yep. God. Our faith. The just shall live by faith. The righteous shall walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And it says, and who is he who overcomes the world? But again, he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Bible right here says we are an overcomer of anything and everything that's in the world. We are world overcomers. Yeah. Last week we talked a little bit about how we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. We need to realize that in spiritual warfare, we, are, we, we need to understand where we are positioned and that we have the high ground. You know, being in a military town, we understand, the, uh, many people understand this term that position is everything in, in, a, in a battle. Right. And if you can gain the right position, if you can put yourself in a specific position, victory becomes that much easier. Mm -hmm. And so with us, we have to realize that spiritually in the, in the warfare that we wage in the spiritual realm, that we have the high ground, that right. we have the correct spiritual position. It says in Ephesians 1, 19 through 23 in the New Living Translation, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. For who? For us who believe in him. That ties right back into the same thing. That though, who is he who overcomes? It's he that believes in God. Uh, so again, it says, that I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the mighty power. So, the power, the greatness of God's power. Now Paul is describing that power. He says, this is the same, the same, the same. The power that's working for you, the power that is on your side is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly places. Now he is far above any, any 
ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. So Paul is just writing all of the things that Jesus is stronger than, Jesus is more powerful than, and he says all of these things, and just to make sure that he's covering all of his bases, he says, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Or I love what it says in the New King James Version. It says, not only in this age, but in the age to come. So Paul wasn't just talking about where he was at, even though Paul lived through a very interesting time in the Roman Empire. He was under the rule of Nero, who was was an absolute tyrant of a leader who was completely used by 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 the devil to do things even whenever you look in scripture and whenever God was revealing to John in Revelation about the mark of the beast 666 that was actually uh, uh, even a, a descriptor whenever you looked at the initials of Nero they were they equaled 666 they looked like that so even Jesus in re- revealing the end times to, to to John he was giving this kind of overlying theme that the antichrist would even be like Nero so gee, we're talking about a guy that's gone down in history as one of the most evil men that ever lived. And Paul was living in a time where he was in power. And so he's saying, not only in this age, not only in the things that we're experiencing, because things are pretty bad right now, but even in the ages to come. So Paul is talking to the church at that time, but he was also talking with an understanding that these letters were going to touch way beyond the people that he was talking to, even to us. So the power... That, that, that Jesus is walking in is not just a power that was effective 2,000 years ago. It's a power that's still effective today. So it says not only in this world or in this age, but also in the age to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. I think it's so important that we stop there for a second and we realize that there are benefits of being a part of the body of Christ. There are benefits. And there are so many people who want to act like somehow the power of God has passed away right. or that, this, that, that it's lost its power or that it only has power to save, but it doesn't have power to work on our behalf. But it says here very plainly that God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, that being a part of the body of Christ has benefits and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. And we have to realize that when we're born again, receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God puts us in a seat of authority with Jesus. So he doesn't just stop at seating Jesus above principalities and rulers of darkness and, and, and every power that could be named in the age of Paul and also in the age to come, in, in the age that we're living in right now. He didn't just stop at seating Jesus in heavenly places. It says in Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, but God is so rich in mercy, he's so abundant in mercy, he's so full of mercy, and he loved us yes. so much. So he loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with 
him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Wow, that's incredible. We are seated in a place of authority right. with Jesus. Because you just don't have the head of Jesus right. on the throne. No. That would be, if, if you and I just had our heads sitting here talking. <laughs> just talking heads. Just talking heads. Everybody would think that's the craziest thing, and they would freak out. That's the craziest yeah, thing I've ever weird. seen. So, where, so wherever, wherever my head is, my body is there. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so, so when I have a thought, the body carries out that's right. the action of that that's thought. Right. That's right. And so, so Jesus is the head. And so we are called the body of Christ. So therefore, when we get born again, spiritually speaking, every single one of us are placed in in him, seated at the right hand of the Father, seated there with all authority over the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness. And matter of fact, uh, we see that in in the Bible, Pastor Cam, where Jesus, before, before the disciples were even born again, he literally gave them That's authority right. and power over the demonic spirits right. in his name. It says in Luke 10, 17 through 19, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So that's a very important thing to realize here is that the authority that we have is imputed authority. Right. It's not that we have the power within our own ability or we have the authority within our own position as human beings. It's that we've been placed in Christ, that everything that Christ has won or, or, or accomplished, it's been imputed to us. So right. you talk about righteousness and all of these other things, all of these amazing things that we get from God. It's not by our merit. It's not by our position. It's not if we do all of the right things. It's all based on what Jesus has done or what the Father has done with Jesus. And through the grace and the mercy of God that, exactly. he, that he gives to us. Right. That's why it says there that God rich in mercy and because right. he so loved us, he didn't just leave us without authority. He didn't just leave us without a power. He seated us in heavenly places and he did and he, he does here. And I'm just so happy that the disciples made this distinction that they are subject to us in your name. So whenever we take authority over something, it's not that we're saying in the name of Pastor Cameron or in the name of Pastor Al. It's that we come in and we say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We use the name of Jesus to wage spiritual warfare. He, he gives us the power of attorney. Right. To so use yeah. his name. Or it's, in, it's like in, uh, I always think of it as an inheritance. Right. So whenever someone receives, receives an inheritance of money, they didn't earn that money, but they were given that money right. because of the family that they were a part of. Right. And so with us, because we've been reconciled, because we have been brought into the family of God, we receive an inheritance of his authority and of his power, and we can walk in his power and authority. It says in verse 18 of Luke 10, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt Hurt you. you. And did you know that that scripture, when Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, did you know that is quoting from Psalms 91? That's right, yeah. 
that he you shall tread on serpents, you shall tread yep. on the uh, on the yep. trample down on the cobra. So in Psalms ninety one, which is a Psalms that you just don't read for devotion, it is a Psalm that you apply to your life every single day. It's and a reality. Yeah, it's a reality, and uh, your family's life, uh, the people that you love that you speak over and you declare Psalms 91 and there, even there he says, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and, and over, uh, and this is what I, listen, over all of the power of the enemy. Of the enemy. That's right. The enemy has no power no. over us that are born again believers. The he only power he has is the power we give him. Right. It's the same thing with Adam. When Adam was given God said that Adam had authority over all of the earth, but whenever he sinned, he gave that authority over to the devil. So the right. devil is right. constantly trying to make a, trying to get get us to legally give him authority in our lives right. by us agreeing with what he says instead of what God says. Right. And we also give him authority in our lives when we're disobedient to God. That's right. Because when we get into disobedience, we get over into his territory. Yeah. And we start operating uh, outside uh, of the, the kingdom of God, even though we're still in the kingdom of God. When we start operating in darkness, we start operating in sin, then we are giving place to the devil. And that's the reason that's Paul right. said, give him no place yeah. whatsoever. Because Paul knew the results of what would happen to us That's if right. we give him place yeah. in our lives yeah. or in our families or in our marriages. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what the devil, because the devil hates us. Right. You know, and so when he presents things to us, it's not that he wants us to enjoy these things. He presents it to us as a trap, as a bait to go into his snare yeah. so that he can steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. It makes me think of this verse in Lamentations that I actually read this morning where Jeremiah is lamenting over the fall of, uh, of, of Israel, of Judah. And he says, he's, he's speaking about the city, I believe the city of Jerusalem. Yeah, he's speaking about Jerusalem. And he says, she was destroyed because she did not consider the end of her ways. So whenever we, we, we've got to understand that, yes, God will allow things to happen. It's not that he's putting on the, those things on our lives. We, right. we, you said it at the beginning that, that the devil comes to still kill and destroy and God comes that we may have life and life more abundant. So I, I look at it this of what umbrella am I standing under? So if I'm in obedience to God, then I'm standing under the umbrella of life. He who and I'm abides going to be, under the shadow. Yes, and so I'm going to be receiving life in that moment. If I don't consider the end of sin, because it's, it's not the beginning of sin that leads right. to death. I mean, it leads to death, but the beginning of sin doesn't feel like death. Right. It feels like the beginning of disobedience to God feels like liberation. And you even, you even think about whenever Eve looked at the fruit and she saw that it was desirable. She saw that it was good. She and it saw, was desirable. Yeah, and it, it was, was desirable. Good. Exactly. But it was disobedience. Right. So you even think about a temptation of sex, for instance, to, to fornicate outside of marriage or, or whatever. The appeal... And what God created it for is good. Is good. Is good. And, and and whether it's for procreation or just growing in intimacy with your with 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 your spouse, sex is a super positive, amazing thing that God created. 
but whenever you use it outside of the confines that God intended it for, for it to be in, that's whenever it can lead to destruction. Right. So something can be good, but not God. Exactly. Something can be good, but not God. And that's one of the things, the, one of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to give us this thing where we talked about it last week. It's not necessarily the difference between what's right and what's wrong. It's the difference between what's right and almost right. That that God that the devil would manipulate something that God intended for good to bring destruction in our life. Right. Even you look at something like worship. Worship is such a positive, amazing thing. But when you whenever you begin to worship the wrong things, right. the end of it is death. The end of it is right. destruction. The end of it. And so, like it said in Lamentations, that Jerusalem in her sin she didn't consider her end. She didn't think about the end of the beginning of what seemed she, she good did. in the moment. Well, uh, sin, the temptation that the devil brings, mm-hmm. he never shows you the consequences. No. He never shows you the end result of what he's got planned. That's right. But yet in the Bible, God shows us the consequences of if we disobey him, yeah. we get over into sin because our flesh wants it so bad. Yeah. And there, the, the, the consequences are sometimes much more than we can bear. Exactly. You know, thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for his mercy. And, and, but yet at the same time, when you get over there, if you don't repent, right. you, you're going to stay in that situation. Right. You're going to continue to suffer. You're going to continue to pay the consequences. So, so the, the, the quicker we come out of that, the quicker we repent... Uh, makes it makes a tremendous difference. So in warfare, we've got to realize that Satan will bring those temptations. Yes, you know he he is going to bring those things. But we've got to realize that when it comes, we have power over it. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned in my life is that when temptation comes, because I live in this flesh, this flesh is not saved. My spirit man inside of me is saved. The Bible says this flesh is still corrupt. Yeah. So, so when temptation comes, there can be impulses. They can be, there can be things that pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, there can be feelings that come that, whoa, desirable. Like at, it, Eve, when she saw the fruit, oh, wow, this is desirable. Like you said, it's good. So impulses and feelings can pop up. And, and people will say this. I've heard Christians say this. Well, if the feelings are so good, then why wouldn't God approve of that? Well, it's because it's the feelings of the flesh and not the spirit. It's not what God wants, but it's what the devil wants because he knows that he can bring destruction. Well, but when you do those things applied in God's context, like I, you know, I'm not trying to stay on the sex topic for a long time, but but you think about there's been a poll done scientifically, monogamous people have a happier sex life than people who are just living in promiscuity. Right. It's 100% the truth. Why? Because whenever, you, whenever you're having sex within God's intended purpose and you're with your wife you learn, or your, your spouse, you learn your spouse like nobody else knows your spouse. Right. And your, 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 your sex life grows and grows and grows and grows. And within the context that God wanted it to be in, it just gets better and better and right. better and better. And I, I remember one time I was, I was counseling with this young man and he, he said, I, and, and he was, had, was just really struggling with his sexuality and, and with wanting to be with all these different women, blah, 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 stuff like that. And I remember I told him, I said, I said, listen, I can guarantee you, cause I was married at this point. I said, 
I can guarantee you my sex life is a thousand times better than yours because it's in the context of what God intended. And I remember he was set free. God delivered him from that lifestyle. He got married. He called me about he called me about a year into his marriage and he said, I really did not believe you. I was just choosing to obey what God said because I just wanted to obey. And he said, now I'm realizing sex God's way is like way better than I ever could have imagined. He was just so excited. Everything God's way (laughs) is better. Exactly. You know, we try to do it in our own strength. We try to do it in the what the culture teaches us or tells us or what Hollywood tries to tell us, all the things that uh, are projected to us on the screen, social media and all these things. And then social media puts pressure on you that if you haven't had uh, the experience in these particular areas or if you haven't tried this, something is wrong with you. And it's it's just like people when they struggle uh, with, uh, am I transgender? Am I this? Or am I I, uh, a guy trapped? in a woman's body or am I a woman trapped in a guy's body and all that listen every single person you talk to about that it all starts right here with thoughts it all starts with thinking it all starts with the culture's way of thinking or people talking to you and then those thoughts come in and then uh, whether you like what I'm getting ready to say or not those demonic spirits uh, come in and begin to, to, to make you believe that this is who you are. Uh, And it's not who you are because there's a darkness and an emptiness there and you can never be fulfilled and can never satisfy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so, and you can't fulfill what God said, be fruitful and multiply. You know, so so when things like that come in, it is from the demonic trying to get you over into a place of of literally uh, a a mistaken identity, uh, trying to confuse you put chaos in there and try to tell you this is who you are. And if people say, well, why do I feel like this? It's because the enemy is attacking you. Spirits of lust, you know, that are yes. attacking you. Yes. And, and that's where you give your life to Jesus and rebuke those things yes. and they will go. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing how you, you'll renew your mind and see what God says. So let's get back to successful warfare. All right. <laughs> Praise God. A little rabbit so, trail. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, if we're going to have successful warfare, you and I have to have a military mindset when it comes to spiritual warfare. Listen to what Paul told a young man, a young millennial. Listen to what he told uh, 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 Paul, who, I mean, Timothy, Timothy, who was like his spiritual son who became a pastor. And he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Wow. So number one, he says this. He said, Timothy, you must endure hardship as a good soldier in Jesus Christ. Listen, being a soldier, going through boot camp, all of the training and everything, it is not easy. And then when you go to war, it is not easy. Being a soldier is not just getting a college grant and going somewhere. Being a soldier and being in special ops and other things, you know people are going to be trying to kill you. People are going to be shooting you. You are trained for war. Did you know that the Apostle Paul, 
uh, Pastor Cameron, is saying to Timothy, Timothy, I am training you for war yeah. because we're in a war. And we talked about that last time about the principalities and powers and rules of darkness. So he said, you must endure hardship. In other words, here's what he's saying. He said, Timothy, you're going to experience difficulties yeah. as a Christian. I, I can't believe Christians think, well, I thought if I was going to be a Christian, all my problems were going to disappear. All, all, everything was going to be better. It is better. Spiritually, you, you have been forgiven of your sins. You've got purpose. You've got destiny now. But at the same time, the devil is now going to wage war against you. That's right. Okay, now you, you need to understand, this is not taught so much in the body of Christ. And so the devil is going to wage war uh, with you. You're going to experience difficulties. You're going to have heartbreaks at times and persecution and spiritual attacks. And there's going to be uh, ambushes that takes place. But the Bible says here that we are to endure. We are to persevere. We are to overcome hardship. And we talked about it last time. How do you do that? you got to put on the whole armor of God. Yes. Uh, and you've got to renew your mind to the will of God. And you've yeah. got to be a skilled swordsman. Yeah. That is the word of God is the sword. Sword of the Spirit. You must know how to fight. The, the army would never send soldiers out that have not been through <laughs> boot camp, have not been through training, uh, have not gone through the, the rigors of, uh, of all the things that they need to go, learn how to use their weapons, uh, all the things that they do. They have to be trained. They don't just sign them up. A recruiter just don't sign them up, put a uniform on them, give them a weapon, and drop them off in warfare somewhere. They're dead. That's yeah. all there is to it. You're dead. You're not going to last very long. Yeah. But there's the training. And that's what a local church is all that's about. Right. That's that is right. what we're doing right now. Yeah. CL Talks. That's what we do on Sunday mornings. That's what we do in our discipleship classes, even with your children and young people. We are training everyone, no yeah. matter what age, how to work wage successful warfare so so he says this he tells him that you have to endure you must persevere and overcome the the hardship listen to first peter the fourth chapter verse 12 through 14 i'm gonna read this out of the passion translation beloved friends if life gets extremely difficult Mm -hmm. and believe me we all know that it does at times okay uh, so we know we have great times, and then there are, there are bad times, there's tragic times, there, there are tough times that we go through. Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, don't be bewildered as though something strange were overwhelming you. Instead, continue to rejoice. It means continue to put your praise on. Glory to God. Yes. Continue to rejoice for you in a measure have shared in the sufferings of the anointed one so that you can share in the revelation of his glory. In other words, what he's saying is you may be going through some suffering right now. You may be going through some difficult times, but don't give up. Don't give in because God is going to get the glory out of this. What the devil meant for evil, God's going to turn that thing for good. We just must persevere, endure, continue to use the word of God, fight the fight of faith as we're going. It says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ... You know, it, it is amazing how people do, Christians, so, so many Christians do not want people to attack them <laughs> or say anything about them. I want to be accepted by everybody. I want to be liked by everybody. Okay, if you're going to be a true, true Christian, you're not going to be liked by everybody. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be made fun of. Uh, There's there's things like that that happen when you stand up for Jesus Christ. 
Okay? Yeah. And, and if you don't want to stand up for Jesus Christ, then you have to question yourself and ask, ask yourself, am I truly a Christian? Mm. Because it, the moment you run, cower back, it, it, it doesn't mean that, that we don't go through that at times, but if you go over to your friends and start acting like them and just come to church and put on your church mask, put on your church clothes, and act like a Christian, but then you go off and you're not acting like a Christian, you're not being who God created you to be, then you've really got to question your salvation. That's a dangerous place to be in. So it says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, it's not because you're preaching, it's because you're living. Yeah. You're living the life. That's so good. It says you are greatly blessed. Listen to this. If you're insulted, you're greatly blessed because the spirit of glory and power, who is the spirit of God, rests upon you. <laughs> and 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 so so listen to this. The moment every one of us goes through this. I, I'm writing this and telling you this because it's something I have learned to overcome and something that I learned in my own life. So the moment you give in to self-pitying and thoughts and start feeling sorry for yourself is the moment that we begin to lose our spiritual and physical energy. We begin to lose the will to fight, the will to live, and to go forward. We begin to retreat. We begin to surrender to our difficulties. And then we find ourselves mentally paralyzed and withdraw to the seclusion of the darkness of depression. Wow. You cannot get in to feeling sorry for yourself. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil would be right there stroking you and, and holding <laughs> you, and he will nurse you, and he's going to nurse you down into depression. Yes, he Amen. will. So, so, so what must we do? Watch this. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 3 and 5. So we do not walk in the flesh. We do not war. Here's warfare. We don't war according to the flesh. You can't handle spiritual things with the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. Yes. Okay? Casting down arguments. That's how strongholds are developed by the enemy coming in and planting doubt and unbelief and beginning to argue with you. If you're really the son of God, if you're really this, why would God do this? Why are you going through this? Casting down arguments. I rebuke you, Satan. Father, I give you praise because you've given me the victory. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's the key. Exalts itself. Anything that comes in my mind that does not line up with the word of God. It's the devil trying to exalt himself right. above the knowledge of God, the Word of God, and, and who I am. Bringing every thought, every thought, not just part of them, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. So we have to look at what did, what does, what did Paul mean whenever he was talking about the affairs of this life? As a soldier. As a soldier. You don't get involved in it. Yeah. So in 1 John 2, 14 through 19... It says this in the Amplified Classic. It says, I write to you, fathers, because you have come to know, recognize, be conscious of, and understand him who existed from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and vigorous, and the word of God is always abiding in you, in your hearts, and you have been victorious over the wicked one. Do not love or cherish the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. Now, one, one thing that you've always taught me growing up is that 
This doesn't mean that we can't enjoy certain things in the world. That doesn't mean that we're supposed to lock ourselves in the house, put on ominous, weird music, and just read our Bibles all day long and wait for Jesus to come back. We can't, God created the world for our pleasure. Right. God created nature, different things, even, you know, we're allowed, if you're a car guy, you're allowed to like cars. Yes. You're allowed to like them. If you are a truck guy, you're allowed to like trucks. If, you, if you're a lady and you like shopping and makeup and things like that, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. What happens is, is whenever we become to be preoccupied with those things, instead of being preoccupied with what God desires in the kingdom of God, right. that's the main thing. Or even whenever, going back to what we talked about, if we begin to get into the place where we start to, use things outside of God's intention for things. So if we start to abuse the things that God has given us to desire, that the things that God has desired to be pleasurable for us, whenever we start to use them outside of God's intended purpose, that's whenever we start to get into the way that the world does different things. Well, let, let me throw this in real quick. And, 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 and how does the devil accomplish this? Mm. He accomplished this by like he did with Jesus, see all these things? Yep. You can have them if you worship me, which means that he was taking these things and perverting yes. perverting them yes. to gain where we would not worship God, but they would become an idol, and yes. we would start worshiping those things. That's right. And, and it doesn't mean we can't enjoy things. We just can't make those things an idol. I think about it this way. Does the thing give me delight or does God through the thing give me delight? That's how I start to think about it. You know, we look at verse 16. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy longings for the mind and the pride of life, assurance of one's own resources or in the stability of earthly, earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. Again, these are all perversions of God's original intention. God wants us to have our senses gratified. Right. But whenever we start to crave for those things, we start to find that we get more pleasure from watching things on television than we do from being in the presence of God. Whenever we start to, if we, if we were to keep a thermometer of our lives and if we're cold to the things of God and hot to the things of the world. So all I want to do is watch TV, be on Instagram, be on Twitter, be on Facebook. All I want to do is just uh, go out and eat and do all of these other things. But, but I, I say never, I don't but, have time for the word of God. But I don't, I don't have, have time. time to pray. Right. But you went on your screen and it says that you were on Instagram for four hours right. over, over the week and to say, well, where did those four hours go? Well, I right. could have spent 30 minutes of this day in my word or right. but whenever I don't desire to be with God, whenever those things take precedence over my desire to be to have gratification in the presence of God, right. or whenever you look at the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, it's not bad to have right. things. Right. It's not bad to have a nice car, not bad to have nice clothes, not bad to have a, four, a 401k or a Roth IRA right. or whatever. Those things aren't bad. Right. But whenever we start to, whenever those things are taken away from us, right. you think, you know, coronavirus was such a great thermometer for where we were in God. Right. That whenever, did we start to fear? You know, we've both lived by faith for such a long time. Whenever I was on the mission field living by faith, whenever... You know, every single week I would get an email from our administrator saying this much money has come in. 
or you receive this much offering from people, blah, blah, blah. And there was always the temptation whenever I would have a, a, an email that said, you only got $40 this week. And I had, <laughs> and I had to drive seven hours in a diesel truck right. to our next service or whatever. And I had to pay for hotel rooms and all these different things and do, to do ministry or pay for a, a big conference and I, you know, it, or whatever that, whatever it was that we were doing. And I got an email that says you have $40. Well, what am I relying on? Am I relying on that email right. or am I relying on God? Right. And so that's where we get into, it's not bad to have money, but whenever we worship money, whenever we depend right. on money, or it says the pride of life, the assurance in one's own resources and in, or in the stability of earthly things, that's that same thing. And it goes on to say, and the world passes away and disappears, and with it the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lusts of it. But he who does the will of God and carries out his purposes in life abides and remains forever. Are we, again, going back to what it said in Lamentations, are we focused on the future? Right. Are we, whenever we're going through spiritual warfare, are we going to take the easy way out or are we going to continue in the difficult thing, knowing that it's going to produce life in us? One of the statements that I've been eating up over the last couple of years is discipline equals freedom. Whenever I discipline myself like a soldier, and whenever I endure the hardships of life, and whenever I endure the things that I'm going through, I know that that has an end. That's freedom for me. Because it might be difficult in the moment, but the freedom that I'm going to experience from enduring that difficulty, whether it's I, I look at the physical. I go to the gym just about every single day. Why? Because I, whenever I, I want to be like you. You're 72 years old, and I've never seen someone play so long with their grandchildren. You're doing that. That came from years and years of being disciplined, going to the gym, taking your vitamins, eating healthy, doing things like that. You made sacrifices. You endured certain hardships, but now it's producing something that's life-giving in right. your life. And it's the same in the spiritual, that whenever we begin to endure the difficulties, we know that there's an end to those difficulties. Right. I love what it said in the scripture that you read, that whenever we endured things, we know that and whenever we suffer, we know that we're partaking in the sufferings of Christ because we will experience his glory. And right. so even God allows us to go through those difficulties. Why? Because a good father lets his son fail right. and, 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 and fall. And, and, and let me say this, a lot of things that I have tried to teach you and mm -hmm. our children uh, and that your mother and I both, is because the difficulties and the hardships and the pains that we have overcome, that we experienced, we now teach you how to walk through that. Yeah. We're there to help you, yeah. uh, to, to guide you and direct you, because we've been there. We and you let it. us walk through it, too. Yes. I think that that's an important thing, because whenever Benji was learning to walk, if the first time he fell down, I said, well, I'm just going to put him in a carrier all the time. His legs never would have grown right. and gotten strong, strong yeah. enough to develop to learn right. how to walk. So you would let us, you've let me multiple times. Like for people who know, whenever I started raising support to become a missionary, he was not the first person to support me. He let, he's, I, and I talked to him about it. He said, son, you got to have faith. And so you let me walk through a time, of course, started supporting me after a while, but you let me go through a time of walking out my faith on my own so that I could develop that, right. so that I could endure things as a soldier right. to become a good soldier. Right. And, and, there, and therefore, because you've endured that, 
now you're able to mentor people, yeah. younger people that you that you do mentor. That's right. Uh, that that you can give them an experience because of the warfare. You know, in the military, the 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 men and the women who have been through warfare. Uh, are the the sergeant majors and the the colonels, the generals? Ever they are now mentoring and helping right. the 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 new uh, generation of soldiers coming up, yes. and they know how to train them. But they let them go through boot camp. It's yeah. hard. They let them endure so that they are going to be strong. Yeah. And that's the same thing that God allows. It's not that God's against us. He's not against us. No. But he allows us to walk through things. The he knows attacks warfare. are going yes. to come. Yes. He knows there's going to be ambushes. Yep. He knows these things are going to happen because we live in this world. But he's going to lead us through every one of them. That's correct. And if we stay in obedience, if we stay in obedience and we continue to walk in the will of God and seek first the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. everything else God will add to us. <laughs> I mean, he, he will, but it's going to help us to be strong That's in right. the Lord. It's going to help us to help other people and grow up our own children as, as we talk to them. I can't believe we're out of time again. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and, but listen, let me just say this to you. I have to uh, do part three. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and by the way, our notes, uh, you can go to... Where did they go, Pastor Cam? They can in the link. There's a in, there's in a link. there's a link in the description that has all of our notes there. Yeah, and and bring those up. We put these together, and, and of course we never get to to finish any <laughs> of them because we're so full of the word and we love the word. But you get to take them in your personal study time and go through them. And by That's the way, right. teach them to others. Teach them to your children. Teach them to yes. friends. Uh, teach them basically first to yourself, and it's just amazing what will what will happen. Amen. That's right. So we're going to continue to move forward as we talk about successful spiritual warfare, how to wage a good warfare. Amen. It is a good warfare when you know that you have victory and that you will win uh, that fight that is taking place. But that's you right. must know how to fight, and that's what we're Amen. going to teach you. Listen, if you have never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, that is the first step to come out of the kingdom of darkness where the devil is going to beat you up, deceive Thank you, Jesus. bring destruction in your life, uh, to be uh, to be rid of your sin, to to be forgiven of all of your sin, uh, to be, be God rid you of a literally of a guilty conscience. That that is amazing because as long as we're living in sin and living apart from God, we live in guilt mm-hmm. and shame. And uh, so God takes care of that. Amen. So you say, Pastor, how do I do that? You repent of your sin. You say, Father, I repent of my sin. And I confess Jesus as the Lord of my Amen. life. Man, that's how simple God made it. If you believe that with your heart and confess him with your mouth, the Bible says you shall be saved. If, you, if you've been backslid away from God or you've been in, involved in sin, uh, then repent of that sin. Father, forgive me. And he's faithful amen. and just to forgive you. Can you say amen? We love y'all so, so very much. Yes, we and do. And remember, fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Wage the warfare. We're all waging it together. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the CL Talks podcast. You can find the notes from this conversation in the show notes below. For more information and talks from Covenant Love, just search for us on social media or head to mycl.church. We'll see you next week.